Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. I am so excited for today's podcast. I have Gina Warfel with me, who is a registered dietitian, and she got her master's in human nutrition. And after years of on and off dieting and health struggles, Gina became passionate about teaching people how to know their body and become empowered from the inside out. So welcome, Gina. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. You are the pro of all this mindful eating and um, knowing your body and things like that. So I'm really excited to get started. Um, how? Tell my followers how you got started on this journey of teaching people how to know their body and how to be empowered um, from the inside out. What sparked all of this? Yeah, so my work has changed quite a bit. Back in 2012, I became a registered dietitian. And while I love the, you know, nutrition and learning about your food and everything, I was taught the standard, like here, you give people these calorie plans, right? Like you put somebody on this 1300 calorie diet program, and you just give them that and with these guidelines, and you expect them to follow it. And so I, you know, graduated ready with my training, ready to give people like the best plans. And I opened up a private practice and I started working with people. And what happened was they would come get their nutrition goals, get their plan, their program. And they would come back like a week later or two weeks later, and they were feeling really frustrated. And, you know, they would come back saying like, I did it, but then I was doing great, but then I was on it, but then I started over. And it was constantly this back and forth between like, I was on my program, I was off my program. And so I would like meet up with other dietitians and say, what are you guys doing here? What, how are people getting these outcomes? And they're like, you just really got to cheer them on and hope that that works. And if they don't stick to it, then it's their fault. It's not yours. You just give them the program. Wow. And I'm like, okay, I get that. Um, I get that people have to follow through, but there must be something really broken with the system because I can't just continue my career giving people plans and they're not feeling empowered. And they're actually coming to me feeling a ton of shame, a ton of guilt. And they were like, God, I just need more willpower. And I started to hear that over and over again. I just need more willpower. So there was like kind of this missing piece of like, what is it that they're not having this power inside themselves? And if I just keep giving them these rules and these goals and these programs, it was, they were, they were trying to use willpower, but they weren't actually changing from the inside out and feeling really proud and changing their lives long-term. Oh, I so love I, it. Yeah. Because that's the so, culture we've grown in, grown up in though, is like this diet culture where you've got to have willpower to choose the right foods. And if not, right. shame on you. And willpower is like an emotion, right? Like if, have you ever felt like you have willpower when it's really sunny and you hear a good song on the radio and you're in a good mood and you're like, I'm going to eat that salad today and you're feeling great. But then all of a sudden it's like cloudy and rainy and someone made you upset and you're tired and you have no willpower and you're like, why am I just craving, you know, sugar today? <laughs> right. So the willpower comes and goes. That's true. And on these programs, they expect you to have willpower 100% of the time and to always yep. choose right and to choose correctly. Exactly. Okay. So you teach that you should have a relationship with your body. That should be like number one priority. 
and that we need to connect our food with our body. So what do you mean by this? Well, so if you don't know what's happening inside of your body, maybe you keep like getting cravings or you don't know why your metabolism is slow or you can't figure things out, but you're trying to force an external plan. Like you're trying to force rules to change you. It's really hard. It's very hard to change from the outside in. But when you know your body, like you know why you're getting cravings, uh, you know what your body needs and you feel really confident with that, you are like, you have this power from the inside out so that maybe you want to eat healthy, maybe you want to splurge and have some dessert or you want to just have a snack or a treat, whatever it is that you want to eat, you're the one that's in choice. So I'm really all about training people on how to connect with their bodies so that they're the one that's making the decision about what food do they want to eat. And they're the ones that are in choice over it versus the food constantly controlling them, which tends to happen um, in dieting. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. So that takes away then the shame, it seems like, because there is a lot of shame in the diet culture. Like, oh, I was supposed to eat X, Y, and Z and I didn't. So now I've messed up and you feel guilt. So your way of empowering takes away that guilt, it sounds like. Yes, because what's interesting is that diets are setting you up to sabotage, to fail. Instead of listening and honoring your body, they actually, the way that they're designed is to set you up to fail. And if diets all worked, like the need for them would go away, right? True. Yeah. So it's actually, it's a different approach and that, that shame can kind of go away because when you diet, let's say you're like tomorrow, I'm starting over, I'm changing all of these foods and I'm going to force myself to not eat these foods. All of a sudden that huge change and that shift sends a signal to your brain that, whoa, there's a huge change. And this is a stress. So all of a sudden it's a different part of your brain that's working. It's like your stress brain. It's called your amygdala. So whenever the other area of your brain is working, when it's calm and relaxed, that's your prefrontal cortex. You don't get cravings. You can eat whatever you choose to. But when there's a massive shift or there's a stress, your brain gets the signal that there's actually a stress. And it's like your body's built-in survival mechanism. It's there to protect you. When big changes happen, there could be a threat to your survival. So like if you cut your calories really low, your body's like, there's a threat to our survival. You know, something is changing. So what it does is it activates your stress hormones to actually cause you to crave sugar and sweets and drive you to eat food. So if you've ever maybe started a diet And then all of a sudden you go to like autopilot and you like grab a food that you didn't mean to, or you ate something and you're like, all of a sudden it's over before you even realize it. And you're like, what did I just do? I swore I wasn't ever going to do that. That is that brain working that's protecting you. That's saying we need to take over. We need to take control over their brain and like cause this self-sabotage for protection. So diets actually do that. They put you into that stress response. You don't know what's happening inside your body. You don't know how to get over control over it. You cause self-sabotage and then you go right back and then you feel the shame and the guilt right back where you were stuck. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Okay. So let's back up on about cravings a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, so you don't have to be on a diet, obviously to have cravings. What Especially women, we get cravings all the time. So, I mean, okay, so cravings can be hormonal, that I know. Cravings can be due to um, a lack in nutrients, I know that. Um, 
my sister one time uh, had a lot of cravings and the person she was working with told her that she was probably low on magnesium and to check her magnesium. So Mm -hmm. sometimes cravings can be nutritional with nutrients, I know. Right. But you're saying now it's also brain related with the stress. Yeah. So yeah, you're spot on with that. Hormone shifts definitely make a difference. You know, blood sugar dips, just like you're saying magnesium or or certain deficiencies. So it's all about becoming your own research project. It's all about you understanding yourself. So sometimes cravings take over and they create this like autopilot self-sabotage, regardless of whatever reason it is. So I tell everyone, think of yourself as your own research project and getting to know your body really well. And one of the main causes that we get cravings is our brain gets the signal that there is some type of a stress happening. And so people, some people are like, "Mm, that's not me because I'm happy and I don't feel stressed. But stress could even be that you feel bored. So boredom is actually a stress to your brain. It's like a lack of stimulation. It's a lack of something feeling good and entertaining your brain. So boredom can be a stress. Being tired is a stress to your body. Uh, Maybe you're feeling a little bit lonely or down one day, or um, maybe you're just very busy. For some people, they're not even unhappy, but they have very busy lives and they're go, 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 and they're on. So that go, 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 your brain requires your stress hormone cortisol to stay focused. So anytime your brain gets the signal that there is a stress, boredom, busyness, tired, actual stress, or maybe you got into a fight with somebody and that activates that amygdala in your brain, then that's your fight or flight area of your brain. And that has your body release the stress hormone cortisol. And so cortisol's job is to shut down everything in your body that is not needed unless you need it for survival. So cravings is part of that, that it's signaling to your body. We have these instincts. We need food for survival. You know, our body comes back to those survive that survival state. So it's actually going to create this animalistic like response where it's like, go get food, go get food. And so, so many people feel so bad that um, they can't get control over the cravings, but it's actually the body's job to say, Hey, there's a stress and I'm trying to protect you. So So interesting here. So the key here with that is not to try to fight your craving and willpower it away because guess what? Instincts work. Instincts are stronger, right? Okay. So instead of trying to willpower and suppress the craving, what I want you to do is lean into it and ask, what is this craving trying to teach me about my body? Because it's a built-in thing that our body needs. It's, it's a built-in safety mechanism. So I like to tell people to lean into that craving and ask, what is this craving trying to teach me? Wow, I love that. So what is it trying to teach teach you? Well, so for me, like when I, you know, I had all these nutrition, you know, brain smarts, I could tell you all about how to create the perfect nutrition plan, but I was get all of a sudden getting this craving and I didn't know what it was and I would self-sabotage and I'd go on this autopilot and then go back into that shame cycle until I was willing to say, okay, I'm going to listen, lean, lean into this and let this craving be my teacher. And what I found is I was getting like this midday 
stress spike that was like, I was really stressed around like 3 PM with work and I would feel stuck and I would feel anxious. And that was like, my brain was like, let's go get safety. Let's go get something that feels good. So now like that's an opportunity for me to know my body really well. I can feel what it feels like when my stress hormones start to raise and I can start using the right techniques instead of trying to fight it. I can actually use techniques to bring my stress hormones down, connect back into my body instead of being taken over an autopilot. And those cravings naturally come down as you're getting your body out of that survival craving state. So that's why it's important to be your own research project, because for anyone, the craving could be showing you whatever it is that you need. Maybe that you're feeling really bored and you're not super excited. Maybe that you really need a nap. Um, maybe for a lot of women in particular, I know a lot of moms don't get a lot of quiet down me time. So sometimes that food time is actually a place for them to be like, oh, it's my time where I can just grab myself my favorite little treat and snuggle up in bed and no one will ask me for anything. (laughs) So interesting. So next time women get a craving, if it's not hormonal or nutritional deficiencies, they should ask themselves, okay, what is my body trying to teach me? Why am I having this craving? That is amazing. I like that. Yeah. I like that thought. Sometimes it's a combination. You might be hormonal and you're really emotionally having a hard time and you need, it's a great time to look at like, what, what are some of your unneed unmet needs? It's a great time to ask yourself, what needs am I not having met? Why am I trying to feel good right now? What, what is it? Food can be really easy to help us try to feel good. And so part of being your own research project is how are your hormones? Do you need to look at those? Do you need to look at nutrients? Do you need to look at like your emotional health? It's all about getting to know yourself deeper. I love that. Okay. So with these cravings, how does willpower play a part? Because the, you know, the diet world is teaching, don't give in to those cravings. So you mm-hmm. ask yourself these questions and then asking yourself, will that calm down the craving or do you, what do you so, do at that point? Yeah. So willpower is like forcing your own instincts away. Instead of using willpower, I like to have people learn how to find their medicine for what they need because willpower is like, it's like trying to fight it and pretend like it's not there, but instincts will keep like, and they come back with a vengeance. So that's why willpower sucks is like a long-term strategy. So when you get to know yourself, you get to find your own medicine. So for some people, you know, maybe that is getting support with hormones, or maybe that is really giving yourself the time and love that your body has been missing, the nurturing that it's been missing. For some people, when they get into um, a stress state, maybe you came home from work or you're feeling really stressed. Sometimes it's actually getting your body's stress response down. And that's what was key for me was actually learning how to regulate my nervous system. So one thing you can actually start doing is when you feel your stress hormones come up, start to notice your body changing, like start to notice. I noticed like my breathing would get shallow. I'd start to get tense. I'd get anxious. I'd start moving really fast. And that's when I feel cravings start to get triggered. So instead of using willpower and being like, like this intensity, I would learn how to start breathing and being with my body. 
So sometimes like you can just take three deep breaths. There's research studies that have been done that show if you take three deep breaths, that brings down your body's stress hormone cortisol. When that comes down, cravings tend to like naturally come to come down because you're getting out of that stress survival response. So the need for willpower actually kind of goes away. You don't need it when you're calm and you're in control over your body. And then you can think more rationally and be like, wait, will this choice really serve me? Is this how I can best support myself in this situation? And you're not being controlled on autopilot. I love that. So I love when you're not battling willpower and you're choosing to use these cravings as an educational moment, then there's no shame either because yeah. you haven't won or lost against this willpower. What's, there's nothing to be shameful about, right? Exactly, You're choosing yeah. to use it as an education piece. I yeah, love that. And we're all, we're all, nobody's perfect. Like we're all navigating our way. Unfortunately, when we were born, we had society, you know, make our, give us a really confusing relationship with food. You know, if you're not allowed, if you were a kid and you were raised that you cannot leave the dinner table until all of your food is gone, it's just training you to eat until the plate is empty instead of listening and checking in on your hunger. So we may have had training ever since we were really little kids to ignore our hunger and kind of get a little bit weird with our food. So it's okay. We all have a lot of different relationships or, or th experiences with food. And it's just getting to know yourself better. And that's where you tap into your inner power. When you know yourself, then you know how to honor yourself. Well, I love that you say honor yourself because I am learning that, well, our bodies are miraculous, right? They are unbelievable. And a lot of us don't respect our body. If we respect our body, if we all respected our bodies and loved our bodies, I don't think we'd have the food issues that we do today, the food addictions, the bad food relationships, this on and off dieting. So I love that you say to honor yourself. Yeah. That's really it's, true. It's a journey for sure. Learning how to listen to what your body needs and, and give it things that love and honor it. Um, sometimes we can use healthy eating or even exercise as a, as a way of punishment for all the bad things that we've done, or we overeat as it tends to also be punishment, but, um, but also some of these things that we do that are not good to our bodies are actually an act of self-love and we don't realize it. So sometimes maybe overeating or let's say you overeat and you like feel like crap and you're like, Oh my gosh, I feel so bad. I didn't honor my body. I don't love my body. What was I doing? But leading in again and asking, why was I doing that? What was I trying to get out of that overeating? And sometimes it's because there's something that we've been missing, whether it's a nutrient or whether it's just, we want to feel the feeling of love. And we were raised to, a lot of people were raised that the connection that food means love, food is safety, food feels good. So sometimes it's so easy to beat ourselves up and say, you know, we don't take care of ourselves. We overeat, we do all these harmful things. But actually, sometimes overeating can be the biggest act of self-love when you're not getting what you need. And then when you learn how to get what you need, using food as a form of love actually naturally goes away. Oh, that's interesting. So really with anything besides cravings, it can be overeating that you can ask yourself, why am I doing this? And try to understand that relationship with food. 
Yeah. I've had some people do that with smoking. You know, some people bash themselves because they cannot quit smoking and then they try to willpower their way through quitting smoking. And so it is not working. So then I ask them to lean into it and say, what is the benefit that you're getting out of smoking right now? And this lady, she was like, oh, it's my time that I can just step outside. Everyone will leave me alone. It's my five minutes of peace. It's not even about the cigarette. Like it's actually my five minutes of peace. And it's like, wow, that craving for that cigarette is telling you there are some needs that you're not getting met here. And when we can meet those needs, the need for the cigarette becomes a lot less. Wow. I love that. I love just asking yourself and seeing, it's like seeing the bigger picture seeing what it yeah. is that you really need. Okay. So now yeah. talking about willpower, cravings, shame, let's talk about metabolism because mm-hmm. this willpower and shame and cravings that happens a lot in that on and off dieting and in our diet culture world. So have a lot of people's metabolisms been messed up? Like what, how does the food that we eat now versus how we were eating on the diet. I mean, tell us Mm -hmm. about metabolism. What do you think is happening? I love this because people feel so stuck. Like I see so many people who think it's just a simple math equation. If my calories that I burn off are greater than what I'm eating, then I'm, then I'm good. And a lot of people hit that plateau and then they go to their doctor and the doctor is like, it's simple math. If you just follow the rules and you're good and they feel so frustrated. Like, why can't I get it right? So what's really interesting is there's a couple pieces to this. And this is where I like to have people become their own research project and be honest with where they're at. Number one, if like you are on and off dieting and you're going through these cycles of restricting, overeating, restricting, overeating, it doesn't matter uh, really what you try to do. If you're in these big cycles of on and off, let's come to a good relationship with our food and our body first. Like we were talking about, let's get in control over the cravings. The other piece to that is a lot of people underestimate the nutrients that are involved with the metabolism. Yeah, they do. I do know that. So game, so game changing. And so this is what is really cool is, um, a lot of, so you, in all of our cells have what's called a mitochondria, right? Familiar with mitochondria? You know, tell my listeners really quick in a simple form what it is, just so that they are aware. Yes. All of your cells have lots of, almost every cell, not every cell, your red blood cells don't have mitochondria, but almost every cell in your body has this little powerhouse engine that's called a mitochondria. And its job is to take your food and create energy. So if they work really good, your mitochondria are great at taking your calories and creating energy. If they don't work great, then what's going to happen is you might be eating lots of calories, but it's not creating energy. So it's getting stored as fat and you feel really tired instead. And so for those little engines to work, they need a lot of nutrients and people don't realize that. So lots of vitamins, B vitamins, zinc, magnesium, even oxygen, which is why breathing is so important to be able to lose weight. So if there are not enough nutrients to make that engine work, what happens is it slows down and the metabolism slows down. So and where people go wrong is that they start to get frustrated and they cut their calories more which means mm-hmm. they're probably getting even less and less of those nutrients and things just are like barely moving. It's like halting. You see that all the time in the diet world because the women all hit the a plateau and they just think they need to cut their calories more. Okay, keep yes. going. 
And then so I test these nutrients and sure enough, it's usually one of two things. Either the nutrients are really low or there are certain toxins like heavy metals that can actually stop your mitochondria from working efficiently. So that's where things like our cleaning supplies, our beauty products, if we have things like heavy metals in them or toxins that can actually interrupt this cycle from working. So sometimes I even see like high mercury or high aluminum that is actually slowing down the metabolism that people are not considering. Wow, that is so fascinating. I love that. I talk about toxins all the time, but rarely do I talk about it with metabolism and yeah. or with the mitochondria, sometimes with the mitochondria, but I never connect the mitochondria with the metabolism with the toxins. So right? I love you sharing that. Yeah, so all the things like like aluminum directly impacts your mitochondrial function. So when we're looking at things like our deodorant or, you know, aluminum-based products like it, that could absolutely be affecting your metabolism and your mitochondrial function. And it's not, it's not uncommon. Okay. So I don't think very many women know that, or I think many women would be surprised, I should say, that their metabolism would be better if they reduce their toxin load. That is incredible. Yeah. And what's so fascinating about that too, is it's kind of a double whammy. So the toxins slow down your metabolism and how well your mitochondria are functioning, but also our toxins are attracted to fat. So when we actually get toxins in our body, whether we ingest it or through our skin, our body will actually take those toxins and store it in our fat to protect our organs. So when you are consuming those toxins, it's actually shifting your body towards storing fat just to be able to, to um, protect your organs. Well, I knew that about the toxins and I'm glad you shared that about being stored in the fat. Amazing. Okay, so I know I've got listeners thinking, okay, I'm stuck in the diet culture world, or I'm stuck trying to always count my calories or counting whatever, right? So if someone's listening right now, and they're just feeling overwhelmed, like, I don't know even where to begin, what would you tell them? Yeah, so I think the first uh, step is shifting your mindset around wanting a relationship with your body because it can be a little bit of a journey. It has taken me time. I was in the same place of counting calories every day, filling up pages and books, and, and nothing was actually really working because I was trying to use my head for something that was my body's job. Wow, I love that. Right? My body was like, our, my, our bodies were are, are so intelligent. Our bodies actually can tell us, when do we need food? When do we need comfort? You know, when are we stressed? How hungry are we? How many calories do we need? And so our body has this wisdom and it takes a little bit of time. So if you've lost trust with your body, that's okay. You can just like, if you lost trust with anyone that, you know, you can always change that relationship and it might take some time and some, some gentleness of moving into that relationship. So I think it starts with the desire that you really actually want to change that relationship. So you can start getting curious with it. Start getting curious that when you're eating, start bringing your attention from up in your brain where you're counting calories, you're wondering if it's enough. Maybe you have cravings up in your brain. Start breathing and bringing your attention down into your body and getting curious. What is my true, is this my true hunger right now? Or is this a craving hunger? You know, am I satisfied? What does my body need? And start leaning into actually using your body's you know, innate wisdom that it actually has. And you can just do that with curiosity. 
So you're, you talk a lot about mindful eating. Would you say that's the same thing as intuitive eating? They're very similar. They're, they're very similar. Intuitive eating is, um, sometimes are used interchangeably, but intuitive eating is more like listening to your body. It's like your intuition, your, your innate wisdom. Mindful eating is about like connecting with your food and your environment, maybe no TV, no cell phones, no multitasking, where you're creating a, an eating experience where you're connecting with your food and, and you're, it's more about like the eating experience. So it's almost to a higher level, it sounds like. They're, they're, they're both great, but just different. So okay. yeah, mindful eating is like the experience of eating. Intuitive eating is like, let me connect to my body while I'm eating. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. You were talking about getting your mitochondria tested. So I know people will ask like, oh, how do I go get my mitochondria tested? I want to know if I'm lacking these nutrients. So what do you suggest for that? Yeah. So I actually started a program. It's called Know Your Numbers so that you can really feel confident in knowing if you're wondering like, what are my nutrient levels? And, and you're, maybe you hit that plateau or your energy is really low, or you want to see like, is my body really trying to detox? We look at some detox markers. And so this can um, really help you just dial it in and know, like, do I need any supplements or which foods am I maybe missing? How do I get my mitochondria to work better if they're not? So yeah, that's a program that I, that I created that, that is testing your mitochondrial function with dialing it in so that, you know, so they can find the test through you. Yes. Yeah. You, you can see it there on my website and you can learn more about it. I actually have a free webinar that you can find on my website that is about how nutrients impact how your metabolism works. So there's some really great research articles in there. There's one really great research article that I came across that showed that people with low vitamin C levels burn 25% less fat during exercise than people with adequate vitamin C levels. Wow. I actually have heard that quite a few times. So I love that you have that research. Huh? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no. Oh, I, okay. So I know you have that program, but you also have your Mastering Mindful um, program also. So tell my followers about that one as well. Yeah. So Mastering Mindfulness is more like if you are if you are on that on and off dieting, or you feel like you get those cravings, or you get that autopilot, and you're like, why do I keep sabotaging my diet? That's where you get to know your body from that level. So there's the piece of knowing your data and your labs. And then there's the knowing yourself and connecting with your body. So on, from the mastering mindfulness perspective, where if you're getting those cravings, or you keep sabotaging your diet, or you don't have a good relationship with food, it's actually creating that empowerment from the inside out. Oh, that sounds like such a great program. Okay, so if if you were to give one takeaway from today's episode, what would be the one takeaway you would want listeners to know? Your health is, it's not about willpowering anybody else's rules or anything like that. It's, it's really finding that power within yourself. It's knowing yourself from the inside out whether you are getting to know your hormones or your emotions or your cravings or your lab data or whatever it is, but you will really have a lot of empowerment from the inside out when you really create that relationship with yourself first. Empowerment is such a huge thing. If we can just all empower ourselves to make the best choices for us with having this knowledge about our bodies and things, our health for the rest of our lives will be so much for the better. 
So I love that. Um, Okay. So tell my listeners where they can find you. Uh, well, you can. They can always head over to GinaWarfel.com, W-O-R-F-U-L, and that's where you can find some really great resources. Um, I do a weekly newsletter with lots of tips and strategies, and like I said, that free webinar on how nutrients can impact your metabolism. So there's a lot of resources there, and I'm on Instagram, Gina.Warfel. So if you have any questions or anything came up for you, feel free to send me a DM. I always answer everything, and I'm happy to be a resource for anybody. Thank you so much, Gina. I actually, I want to get my mitochondria tested. I'm like, oh, I want to see how it's going. So I may just talk to you about that. Um, I love it. Okay. I finish every podcast with asking my guest, what have you found to be the best ingredient in life? Ooh, I would say curiosity because regardless of whether you are excited and inspired or you are going through a tough time, curiosity allows you to keep digging deeper and just keep going and stay inspired. Oh, that's a good one. I haven't heard that hasn't been one of the best ingredients yet. So I love the curiosity. Thank you, Gina, so much for talking to my listeners. I just I learned a lot about cravings and shame and willpower. And I hope my listeners have too. And hopefully they will take that willpower and shame uh, guilt out of their life and understand their body more. I just love how you're trying to teach people to connect to their body because I think that will make a beautiful connection between the food and the body rather than some bad relationship with it. So I love that. So thank you so much, Gina, for taking your time to be here. Oh, thank you. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.